The earliest known references to windmills are to a Persian millwright in AD 644 and to windmills in Siristan, Persia in AD 915. Windmills have been with us almost as long as recorded history, and we've adapted their purpose, but a modern windmill is still built on the same principles. Today, we're looking at windmills and the stories and the conspiracies that surround them. This episode of Jackalope's Explore is brought to you by Sheridan Stationery Books and Gifts, located at 535 North Main Street in Sheridan. Stop by today to peruse books, stationery, gifts, sports cards, and more. Or visit us at SheridanStationeryBooks.com. I'm Floyd Whiting. And I'm Aaron Linden. I'm Steve Sisson. And I'm Emmy Whiting. And we are your Jackalopes. We take a deep dive into the Jackalope hole to find context to many conspiracy theories and some issues that are affecting our world today. And today, we are talking about windmills. As long as they've been around, windmills have been a setting for hauntings. They've provided backdrops in uh, the monster movies and the stories that we all grew up with. And uh, nowadays, they kind of dominate a lot of conspiracy theories and myths that are out there about windmills. I can remember the old Frankenstein movie and the eerie settings of Ichabod Crane and uh, the windmill in the background. Uh, Aaron, what are some of the older conspiracies and haunting stories of windmills through history well you mentioned a couple of them and then of course don quixote when don quixote yes. and had to fight them but they they do serve for because they've been around for so long a lot of hauntings and and theories and conspiracies of people that actually either got ground up in a windmill you know, fell into the grinding table that they used to be used for, or that they've just been around for so long that the entities had a tie to them somehow. And that if you want to see a haunting, especially like in Denmark or something like that, those are the places to go. And it's usually a little misty, a little foggy, kind of creepy. Um, but there's just a lot of, lot of different ghost stories. Nothing necessarily uber famous but it seems like it's always around them but yeah with that they're also kind of everywhere so it nothing like really really stand out where everybody's like oh yeah that one windmill story <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah no one's gathering nobody, around that. nobody really hired to tell that. stories of windmills yeah. right but but there's just a lot of weird energy attraction to windmills and part of that could be due to the fact that like i want to say it was P. Lacour had the first electric generating windmill in 1890. Wow. And so there had been theories that because it was generating electricity, that, you know, energy is neither created nor destroyed, everything's always around, that things were drawn to that. And then you take that kind of in today's setting and the weird hum that is associated with the new windmills people either claim to get sick from they think that it because they're creating energy that it's that it's a beacon almost that sound for alien activity oh wow really so there's just been a lot of attraction to windmills for whatever reason with anything that has to do with with spirits hauntings electricity 
UFOs, all kinds of stuff. Was there any story that really stuck out to you or, or a lot of these just so obscure you couldn't even yeah, really find anything? There were a lot of obscure. And I, if anybody knows of one, please comment because I looked a lot of places yeah. and it just never really seemed, you know, you think like the little Dutch boy that sticks his finger in the dam. Yeah. You know, everybody knows that story. There wasn't like the little Dutch boy at the windmill. Like, <laughs> yeah. Couldn't come up with anything. Yeah. Like that. So yeah, there's a lot of there's been no major motion pictures made about the windmill incidents or anything like that. No, like, the windmill killings. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> but I mean like it's always in the background, right? Mm -hmm. Like it is, uh, yeah. and I'm not gonna say always. Maybe that's that's the wrong it's wrong word. But yeah. But having that windmill kind of back there gently spinning in the mm -hmm. wind, I mean that's yeah, really with, like, kind the of the moon behind it. Right. Yeah. Right. Yep. And you just go, Okay, that's creepy. Uh, but you chase the monster up there and then you start it on fire and now you've got spinning fire you yeah. Know? And, yeah and one thing you know a lot of people uh of course a windmill uh <laughs> uh in in holland is is not a wind turbine right. uh, here in wyoming which we have a lot of and uh, one reason why we came up with this subject is because we were actually just uh, down around Laramie, and I didn't realize that we had as many windmills it's been years since I've been through there mm -hmm. And I mean, there was always windmills around there. I mean, uh, just a few, but now, oh, boy, they, they're everywhere mm -hmm. down there. Uh, Wyoming has uh, really kind of stepped up and, and built a lot of windmills over the past couple of years. I do know that there's a lot more fields elsewhere because my brother used to actually build these things. Uh, uh, shout out to Russ uh, for being brave because one thing that is a stone cold fact is that if a windmill worker gets caught up there in those turbines during a fire, there's no way to rescue them. No. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a heartbreaking thing, but, uh, and that's kind of the serious side of it. But so the wind turbines have become really synonymous with, uh, you know, the green energy movement. Uh, and it was kind of one of the first real big green energy movements here in Wyoming because we already had some. And so they thought, well, we'll just throw some more out there. And they do generate a lot of electricity. Uh, so windmills are a topic that we need to talk about. And, and, you know, again, on that serious side, not so much of a conspiracy. There's also some ecological damage. Big time. That does come with the use of these wind turbines. What did you find? Well, and that's part of it that I think is the conspiracy, right? Oh, yeah. they're so great. They're so green. It's so fantastic. No, not necessarily. So first to begin with, anemomenophobia is a fear of windmills. Are you serious? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And I may have that. No. <laughs> so... Realistically, you look at it, you go, oh, God, they're great. They're green. They create energy out of nothing. Not necessarily true. 1.7 million birds killed each year by wind turbines. And that's not counting the smaller bird species that go unnoticed. This is bigger birds like crows, bald eagles, mm -hmm. owls, falcons. I mean, all kinds of stuff. And that's just in the U.S. If you extrapolate that, and the U.S. is second behind China. China has way more windmills than we do. So if you look at this on a global level, it's a lot of birds. Yeah. But 1.17 million birds being killed in the US is actually only about 0.016 of the estimated 7.2 billion birds in the US. So it's not crazy high, 
Mm -hmm. but it is one of those side effects of it. Yeah. Um, One of the other interesting things is in areas where there's a large conglomeration of these people that live near them, because where do you put these things? You can't put them in the city. Either you have to put them out in the ocean or in agricultural areas where you're just running cows around them. Large spreads of land. Large spreads of land that you aren't doing anything else with. So it's got to be rural, mostly agricultural. But the people that live near these complain of what has been coined wind turbine syndrome. This includes headache, nausea, sleep issues, night terrors, tinnitus, irritability, anxiety, concentration, memory problems, as well as equilibrium and dizziness issues. Hmm. So if you're allergic to wind turbines, don't live near wind turbines. <laughs> right. But yeah. isn't that just Until the symptoms for living in modern America? Yeah, I, I being an so. adult. Yeah, yeah. Being, yeah. <laughs> but again, this is kind of associated because of the hum that these yeah. things kick out. Um, one of the other things is that recently in the news, you've seen a lot of things out on the East Coast. They've started moving these wind farms out into the ocean. And ever since they started doing it, there's a correlation that it may be playing a role in the de- in the death of the mink whales, humpback, bowhead, sperm, blue North Atlantic right whales, and many other whale species. Because of this hum, they use you know their echolocation, whatever, mm. and it's throwing them off. Oh wow! And they're ending up beaching themselves. Now you go to you know the Department of Energy or any of those guys. Like, oh no, there's no actual correlation for it. Okay, well it wasn't happening before in this mass but it is now so there's got to be some sort of correlation there i don't believe in you know necessarily coincidence Mm -hmm. that well we put these there and then uh, it was just a mass migration thing and it just happened no Mm -hmm. i don't think Mm so it's funny though you mentioned driving down through like shirley basin and muddy gap and whatever and all the windmills down there and it never fails to impress me that as you're driving through, half of them aren't doing anything. Yeah, half of them are usually always off. Right. One, they can't run over 55 miles an hour. That's the new ones. The older ones from maybe five to 10 years ago can't run over 35 miles an hour. Well, where do you put these things? In windy areas. That's the point of them. Mm -hmm. Windy areas generally are windy because they have a lot of wind that moves very fast. Well, so what's the point of putting them in a place that half the time they're not working i have mm-hmm. a question maybe someone knows maybe someone doesn't but do wind turbines and like solar panels create the same energy or is it somehow different no it's it's basically the same yeah, thing i think I it's mean, pretty it's, close yeah. Yeah. then wouldn't we think like solar energy would be more beneficial this is one of those situations where i think they're really trying to diversify because even solar panels themselves and correct me if i'm wrong steve you're better about this stuff than i am the solar cell that they have isn't exactly perfect and a lot of damage can be done to a solar cell if left out in the weather for extended periods of time and anyone who has solar panels on their roof and has gone through a wyoming hailstorm knows that very Mm -hmm. very well as well as the ecological footprint solar farms take up a large large swath of land these Mm -hmm. things the footprint of them is what 20 30 foot diameter and then it just goes up from there so Mm -hmm. you really have their footprint is very small right. compared to anything else. And that's why everybody's thought, oh, this is a great push, you know, for these things. But they do detract from the landscape. I mean, you know, they want to put some off of Martha's Vineyard, and that's not going to happen. <laughs> right. um, in 2021, 380 billion kilowatt hours were produced by wind in the U.S., which is roughly about 9.2% of all U.S. energy. 
So, you know, about 10%, that's not bad. However, on average, a turbine runs about $3 million to make, and the annual maintenance is about 70000 per turbine. Annually. Annually. As well, annually, each one uses around 300 gallons of petroleum-based oil as lubricant oh, a year. wow. Also, the blades are non-biodegradable as they are made from very fine strands of plastic and glass that are too difficult to recycle, so they just bury them. Also, now, not the older ones, but now, they last about 20 to 30 years. A two megawatt tower consists of 300 tons of iron ore and 170 tons of coking coal, all mined, transported, installed, and produced by fossil fuels. We've all seen the big blades going down the road being pulled yep. by a big <laughs> diesel semi. That's right. Out to places where they have to put in roads, where they have to clear cut a bunch of stuff, dig out, excavate with a big diesel using backhoe, pour concrete, and put these things up with huge cranes that use a lot of fossil fuels. So one, uh, several experts that I researched had said these things could spin until their turbines or turbines fall off and never offset. And they're not what it took to make it, place it, and run it. Yep. So over it's the like course of its lifetime. Good in theory, just hasn't been executed properly. Correct. Like. Yeah. And so I don't know if people knew that I was on city council or not, but one of the gentlemen that I served with was very green minded, and mm -hmm. I think that's great. But there was a theory like, okay, well, let's turn off every other street light downtown to save energy. And so I sat down because I do this, I run numbers and I'm like, okay, so we take a diesel pickup with the lift bucket because the fuse to turn them off is up at the top. Mm -hmm. So we're running that thing up and down main street to turn each alternating fuse off in all these lights that are running on led lights anyway. It was something like it would take, it was, we would emit five times the amount of carbon to do this than it would save mm -hmm. over In the course world. of yeah. doing it. Like, that's the pro EVs, great. Like I said, if I was in a big city, mm -hmm. I'd have one. How is it powered? By coal. Um, green energy is great, but I think that it's a huge conspiracy because we've been told these things are great. They're gonna they're gonna change the way that we operate and and serve energy to people. You look at the amount of oil that they use, what it takes to make them, place them, everything. It's mm -hmm. we've spent in one year. I think this was twenty twenty one, like twenty billion dollars on this. It's it's not the offset that people are being told that it is. Yeah, and that's the biggest conspiracy in my mind. Right. Is it Absolutely. great? Do we need to diversify? Sure. Is this the one that we want to throw all the eggs into the basket not even kind of close yeah. well and floyd and i have talked a lot about how clean energy and you know living a greener lifestyle is pretty inaccessible for smaller communities oh absolutely and because you know i remember living in minnesota in a smaller town they didn't have any public transport nothing right so yeah. if you didn't have a car you weren't getting anywhere and just like things like that, they just make it so inaccessible a lot of the times too, which. Well, and just the expense of it. And more expensive, because, exactly, yes. So I checked into throwing solar panels on the house because mm -hmm. why not? 
Yeah, you know, sure. I mean, supplement. Offset your right. expenses, or, you bet. You know me, the grid goes down, <laughs> I'm yeah. right power, um, which probably will happen sooner than later. But <laughs> it's expensive. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, incredibly expensive. Yeah. And one of the guys that I actually n- know that owns a solar power company installing on, on commercial buildings, residential, whatever, he's like, honestly, right now, with the amount that you put into it and the offset, by the time you offset what you've put into it, you'll have to replace it. Yeah. yeah. So it's a wash. Yeah. The only reason is, well, then I have my own power and can yeah. generate my own power. That's the plus to it. The offsets, they don't exist. I mean, they just don't mm-hmm. exist. It doesn't pencil out. Mm-hmm. Well, I, and think about electric cars. We in, in this town, we have nowhere to charge an electric car, right? No. We've got... And three, three or four down at the Best Western. Best Western, and, and, there's, and I think there's only, those are Tesla only. Tesla yeah. only, yeah. yeah and I no, think there's one in Buffalo. There, and there's one out. The car dealer north of town has a charge point of some sort. I don't know right. what brand it is, but and then the expense of electric cars too. I mean, twenty, I, thirty grand more than yeah, a regular I, car. Yeah, yeah. We can't even get a new car. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Like period. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're looking at like eighty, ninety thousand dollars for an yeah. electric pickup, and that's the that's the base base model. Well, and realistically, again, you know, the batteries in those things mm-hmm. are horrible. Yeah, the way that their mind is horrible. We're ruining parts of China, which I mean, you know, whatever you're here or there on that issue, and people. And then we go, oh, but we're green. No, yeah. you're, you're just destroying a different place. Yeah. The cobalt mines, uh, we've talked about the uh, smuggled videos mm-hmm. of yeah. those uh-huh. cobalt mines where, you know, they're telling the, the manufacturers, oh, yeah, this is all done very ethically, very morally. We don't have to worry about it. And then somebody went in, um, someone who took their basically their life in their own hands and had a one of those button cameras and managed to record children and, and just thousands of people in a pit uh mining highly carcinogenic oh, dust yeah. absolutely from the beginning of the day to the end of their day digging this stuff up with their hands so uh, you know and which and, is green because you're not burning well sure, sure. yes yeah. but, <laughs> but i mean now like you said though that's it's one of those situations where we here in the developed world sit back and we can say oh mm-hmm. we're doing great we're doing fantastic well you need to go you need to source everything do your research absolutely yeah. Yeah. figure out where is it coming from how is it being produced and is it truly ethical is this truly the best way to get this done i'm not arguing against the green movement in any way i am all for it we've got to stop the dependency on fossil fuels Mm -hmm. it's got to happen that stuff will run out and if we're not ready for that day it's gonna be the end of the modern world Mm -hmm. so let's get ready but we have to do it smart and i just feel like this current administration is trying to kickstart something that isn't ready to be kickstarted as of yet well and not on the time frame that they want it they want all this stuff done by yeah 2030 yeah it's like no there's no way i think the the real answer to it is that the green movement is kind in the true sense of the word conspiracy, that there's something else going on. Yeah. Not that it's out to kill everybody or anything in that type of mindset, but just that 
it's it's wool being pulled over our eyes. Why is the federal government pushing for this so hard right now? Right. What do they know that we don't? How much oil is left? And I think that there's a lot, but I think that that's where this comes into play. I don't necessarily, especially living where we do, want a complete EV car or truck. It's unpractical it's, here. it's not practical. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. A hybrid, however, where now instead of getting 24 miles to the gallon going down the highway, maybe I'm getting 40. Mm -hmm. And so you have a nice, even mixture. Great. Yeah. Why are we not mm -hmm. doing that with our energy sources? And yeah. making it more affordable. Yeah. Yes. Because yeah. it has to be in order for people to actually buy these things. Especially yeah. on a mass uh, scale. You know, we talk about public transit and that's very hard for a rural community as well. Mm -hmm. Now, where we live, I wouldn't exactly say that we're rural, uh, but that's by Wyoming standards. So, you know, <laughs> someone in California and New York could look at us and say, yeah, you're rural. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. uh, but, uh, you know, we live in a city. It's a municipality that is large enough to be classified as a city. We do have public transit, but it's subsidized by the government. It's got to mm -hmm. be. Uh, so I would love to see, uh, you know, some an, someone with a great entrepreneurial mind step up and, and find a public transit system that uh, worked for areas like ours. Because areas like ours are much more common than New York City, LA, things like that. And when you look at the expanse of America, the Midwest, the Mountain West, that's where we need this the most. Mm -hmm. Something practical, something affordable, something that's not gonna impact the environment as much as fossil fuels, if not more. We did a show on these blades a while back and it was a, a different format, but we talked at length about this stuff because I didn't know what was going on. A lot of people in America don't. But that's, and that's, when I say conspiracy, yeah, mm -hmm. because they're not being told those facts that I gave yeah, about exactly. how much oil they're using, about how much it takes to make and install. Mm -hmm. Everybody just go, oh, it's green. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Well, it's a it's a literal cover up when it comes to the blade. They're literally burying them. Yes, right. they are. Yeah, they burying them in the ground. And I mean, you know, like Aaron said, we uh, for those of us who've been on the freeway and seen these things being transported, that's a big piece of material. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a semi truck per blade. That yeah. is a large plus all the piece other vehicles material. have to go in front and behind because of the oversized load. Yes. Yeah. 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 It takes about three to four vehicles <laughs> to transport one, one blade. blade. One. Yeah. One blade. And you think about. The thousands and thousands and thousands of these things just in Wyoming, where are those blades coming from? Yeah. Because yeah. if you're shipping them, I don't even care if you're manufacturing them in South Dakota or Minneapolis or where. That's a long trip. That's a heck a of a long trip. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And then you got to think about the fact that if the wind starts going too bad, they got to pull over. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. you can't drive that blade mm -hmm. down a blistering road. It's That's not going to happen. It's made for it. Exactly, <laughs> it's going to push you right off. It's too yeah. windy for the windmill. So yeah. then, even then, you know, I've I've have been driving in windy conditions and seen many of these guys pulled over the side of the road for their own safety. And so you got to think about, uh, well, what if you're doing that in the middle of winter? Well, they're running those engines. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. They're staying warm yeah. in there. This code. Uh, and, and it's not just the one truck. They're, they're running the engines in all those trucks. And they're going to sit there until they can drive. So it, it's, it's one of those issues where we've got to look at pros and cons in everything that we do, mm -hmm. right? And I think we're on the right track, but we are not putting it into practice in a practical way 
cost-saving yes. way. Right. And that's where we've got to get better about this stuff. The technology will evolve. The batteries will get better. The blades will become more ecological. These things will move forward slowly over time because we've got brilliant people looking into this stuff, dedicating their lives to trying to make this a better place. So that being said, we have to also look at the average Joe. I got to get up in the morning. I got to go to work. It doesn't matter where I work, but I got to get there and I got to do it on uh, $10. You know, because we've got to look at that as in a household as well. Pros and cons. So do I jump in my electric vehicle that uh, I know I'm going to cross my fingers is going to be charged when I walk out of where I work? <laughs> you know, and, and Steve, I want to I want to kind of go to you because you and I spoke at length about the EV pickup truck that you mm -hmm. had pre-ordered. And you then were canceled. <laughs> you, you were excited about. Yeah. And you canceled it. Yeah. Uh, well, the main reason I canceled it was the cost. It had gone up another ten, twenty thousand dollars from when I reserved it, which was already kind of pushing what I could afford, and it right. just it just became totally not affordable. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what I mean. We're in early adopter territory for EVs still. I mean, you're, you're talking like early plasma TVs that cost you know fifteen thousand dollars, and Blu-ray players that cost six thousand dollars. That's where we are with EVs. It, it's going to be the rich, affluent people in the suburbs that are going to buy these things, and yeah. and they have garages with you know home air conditioning that they have large circuits. They can plug in and charge those things at home overnight. Somebody living in an apartment isn't going to have that option exactly and so, or my trailer court yeah 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 so i mean the evs are just not practical for those people but uh those will be the ones that absorb all the expensive stuff and then the batteries will c come down in price and hopefully become more accessible to more people but yeah that's where we are in evs right now and uh, I, you know they have a purpose uh, they're not going to replace every vehicle on the road i don't think you're ever going to see electric long-haul trucking make any sense no. because it's all about weight and mm -hmm. the energy density of batteries is never going to even come close to a uh, diesel fuel it, the, the amount of energy you can store in a certain amount of space for diesel fuel is going to be much better than batteries ever will be mm -hmm. absolutely and i I think that's one thing that uh, I'm, I'm really glad that you brought that up because that is the practicality of shipping. What's the weight? Yeah, what's your payload, your useful payload? And, and, and how can I make it less? The Tesla semis are hauling potato chips, which is mostly air. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes sense for like a local delivery from like your local distribution warehouse to the stores. Mm -hmm. Use an electric semi for that. That probably makes sense. But moving it across the country doesn't. Or like a delivery service, uh, you know, coming out and saying, hey, all of our vans are EV now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, located in New York. Yep, right. Just mail, New mail York. delivery, yeah. um, you know, that kind of stuff. Local areas where you're not going, you know, 200 miles makes sense. See, and that's that's right where I'm 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 seeing us right now. Okay, that makes sense. Let's do that. Let's mm. focus on improving that. And as we improve that, then the long haul stuff, the longer stuff, will come along with that. Instead of pressuring everybody in the United States, this is where we need to be. This is how we're going to do it. You've got to stop and realize, you know, these these are individuals who think that we're paying, you know, ungodly amounts of money for bread. They just don't live in the same world that you and I live in. It's just impractical. So it, it's it's the idea that we need to advance this technology slowly, let it evolve on its own because it will. Yeah, but let, stop. let the market take care of it stop trying to throw it down my throat stop trying to throw it down the throat of your average wyoming coal miner because you're only going to get pushback well and i think 
you know, not to shame people who can't do more green things, you know, because it is so expensive. Yeah. It is a privilege to be able to, you know, put solar panels on and get electric cars and things like that. So shaming people for not doing those things, it's like... Now you're making an yeah. us and them. Yes, you? Yeah. exactly. Yeah, I think it's really unfortunate that a lot of the green movement has a lot of politics behind it. Yes. Uh, the whole carbon credits thing is just a political game. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think that ends up shooting it in the foot a lot. You know, there's there's good things that should be done and efforts we should be making. But when you start adding that political aspect to it, it's going to turn everybody away. Yes, mm-hmm. I absolutely agree. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not blowing smoke when I say that uh, we're lucky enough here in Wyoming that uh, our senators have been paying attention to this uh, because Wyoming is a energy state. And we always have been. Uh, I feel that, uh, you know, legislatures in the past should have had a little more foresight on the let's stop paying for everything through this mineral tax, mm-hmm. because one day this isn't going to mm-hmm. be here because now we find mm-hmm. ourselves too often in a situation where we throw our hands up going, well, we're out of money. We need to diversify here in Wyoming. And I think that's one reason why we have embraced, you know, okay, well, let's look at this wind turbine thing. Let's really give this a shot. And we're still doing that to this day. we got a new experimental uh, nuclear power plant that's going to be going up outside of camera. And I have said this before, and I will say it again. I believe in that as a power source for the future. And that's a great segue into a thought that I had is you look at the hundreds of thousands of wind turbines that we have, and they're contributing 9.2% to the overall grid. How many nuclear power plants would that have taken? (laughs) Yeah. Two? Maybe. You know, I mean, that's, that's the crazy thing. So it's like the wind turbine coalition in Washington, you know, hires their their guy to go down there and he's like hey we need wind turbines right okay okay and they're like how much money's in it for me because it, it doesn't really offset it doesn't make the sense that a nuclear power plant does yeah and yes there's the pro and con tree that goes with that you know i mean what do you do with the nuclear waste well that's always a problem too oh, but... we, we've been doing it the same thing that we do with the wind turbine <laughs> yeah, we bury it <laughs> yeah in a mountain somewhere maybe <laughs> or dump it in the ocean, but that that's the other side of it. EPA, we've got great standards for that kind of stuff. They shouldn't be doing it. They need to make the fines higher. We've talked about that. Yes. You know, if, if yes. I get a $30 million fine for something that saved me a billion dollars, it's just good business. Yep. <laughs> so that that's what we really need to be looking at, not constructing 200,000 more windmills out in the ocean and driving all the whales nuts, mm-hmm. you know, and but not in the view shed of the rich elitists <laughs> who don't want to see these things. That's so right. where do you where do you plop them? Places like Wyoming. Yep. Because well, yeah, not that many that. people there. Yeah. They won't care. Half the people don't even in this nation don't even think we exist. Right. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> they don't even think Wyoming's a real place. I, I had no idea. <laughs> I, I didn't. You Colorado, like, Montana, right? Yeah. The, 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 Floyd's the, like, I'm from Wyoming. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> is, is Wyoming, Wyoming what? Minnesota. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Wyoming, Minnesota. Yeah. And majority of people, when I said I was moving, thought I was moving to Wyoming. To Wyoming, Minnesota. Minnesota. Why, why go, yeah. Where, where the people in New York and Washington are probably like, well, we'll put the windmills out there, but they may try and fight them like Don Quixote. They just don't understand. Yeah. And so we get stuck with it, yeah. right? Places like Nebraska, you know, where they're like, oh, that's pass-through country. Like you said, I mean, you look at, at the actual population centers of the U.S. It's coastal and a couple 
inner big cities, you know, Chicago, St. Louis, St. Louis, whatever. This whole part of the country, basically where the people haven't disappeared from Mm -hmm. in the missing 411, go check that out. Um, We're we're Passover country. They don't care. They can do whatever they want to us because we don't matter. So we get stuck with the wind turbines and all that stuff. Well, at least make it worth our time and give us the nuclear power plant. Yes. And and I would I would support that movement because yes we do have to bury that water, and that's that's what it is essentially is it's cooling water yeah, that cooling uh, we water need to the use rocks, it yeah spent rods. so uh, it's it's extremely radioactive, and it is toxic nuclear waste and we've got to do something about that. I don't know if individuals out there have uh, viewed the uh, the video showing you where we actually store this stuff, but it is an impressive facility. Um, I know that they were running a contest. Uh, this is like 20 years ago. I'm working off of a memory trying to find something to tell future civilizations. <laughs> yes. How uh, that this is an area that contains something mm-hmm. bad for you. So like there's individuals that are sitting around going, well, they might not speak English. They might not even be human. So we have to figure out what looks dangerous that we can leave here. basically on top of this facility where something, anything will look at this and go, that's dangerous area. We shouldn't go over there. There were lots of great ideas proposed, you know, everything from like just jagged, nasty metal fixtures just put out there to giant uh, skull and crossbone type stuff made out of metal. I mean, all kinds of stuff. But my big point to all that is every single uh, uh, energy source that we have figured out so far produces a waste of some kind Mm -hmm. and it always will. There's always going to be a byproduct unless something comes along that is just absolute wizard magic. Uh, we're going to have, uh, you know, the cons yeah. with every single mm-hmm. pro. It's just being human. Yes. There's always going to be, we leave something behind. Right. We, we always yeah. leave something yeah. behind. We're human. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, you know, Emmy, uh, in your research, uh, what, did you end up finding did you find that there were myths attached to this stuff uh where there's some pretty crazy stuff that some folks thought i mean one thing that really shocked me was the 5g towers people thought that covid mm-hmm. yeah. was from 5g so yep. what what have people thought about pretty wind sure mills? they've linked COVID to wind turbines i'm, I'm sure yeah <laughs> uh, that's how they distribute off, it there is Ooh. a horror movie called the windmill. Oh, nice. nice. How old is it? <laughs> it's 2016. Ooh, it's a new. And, and it's got two different names. So it's either just the windmill or it's the windmill massacre. Oh, I like that. Yes. 62% on Rotten that Tomatoes. That's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. Wow, that's actually better than I thought. Even it would if be. it's a B movie, a 62% yeah. means it's a good B movie. That's yeah. true, yeah. And now that it's October, I'm pretty sure I have to watch The Windmill. So, <laughs> okay, back to what I actually researched. But <laughs> so I went to cleanpower.org, um, which, you know, it had a whole list of myths and then them debunking them which i will tell you some of the stuff sounds more like opinion yeah to me yeah yeah very hard to find objective stuff on this topic because i'm like you guys are an official website about clean power but you're debunking quote unquote debunking opinions you know Mm, what i mean like it's and they have their own opinions obviously but it's just it was really weird to me so uh 
Number one, the hot air lie about wind. Okay. Wind energy hurts property values, which I think, I don't know. I don't know that. You know what I mean? Like, well, that goes up to the skyscraper thing, right? Because some people would not want right? to buy property, and some banks would not want to buy property next to windmills, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Well, the the things that Aaron was talking about, yeah. the yeah, wind and, turbines. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. So it's like you can't say that it doesn't hurt property values when I just really don't think you know if it does or not. Right. You know. Yeah. Uh, number two. Wind energy is bad for your health. So that goes to what mm -hmm. you were talking the syndrome. about. Yes. The syndrome. A lot of people have thought it causes cancer and anything like that. But there's really no actual solid research yet. And I think it's just because it's so new. You well, know? It, it goes back. Like, people said the same thing about power lines. Exactly. Yes, they did. 5G. And, <laughs> yeah. and I think that is still, I mean, there, there have been no conclusive scientific studies that say, yes, this yeah. actually does happen. But at the same see. time, something happens. Well, yeah. the, the large power lines, I can remember a news story where a woman developed a cancer. I can't remember what kind, but she developed a cancer and she had lived under large power lines yeah. her entire life. And there are intense electromagnetic fields around those things. So to say it does nothing, I mean, it's gotta do something. Yeah. Yeah. That stuff affects your brain. Yeah. I would love to see what happens to my brain after wearing Bluetooth headphones all day, every day. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because you never know. I'm pretty sure I'm cooking something in there. I wear mine all I night. I need to know. <laughs> so I wear mine all night. We can do like a comparison. Yeah. Like, do we have like this offset where during the day I'm this way and during the night you're the same yeah. way? That's, that's it. Everyone's getting cat scanned. <laughs> Everyone's getting cat scanned. <laughs> okay, let's see here. So number three, uh, wind energy is noise pollution. So the truth it has underneath, typically two people can carry on a conversation at normal voice levels while standing directly below a turbine. I'm sure if you were up higher, it'd be louder. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But. Well, and then again, though, extrapolate that times a thousand of yeah. them all in one area. It's got to yes. be, there's got to be a din to it, right? Yeah. Just kind of that yep. ambient background. Right. And, and the thing is, it's not like totally perceptible it's really low frequency stuff right. and so it's not one of those things that like it's obvious but there's something you can kind of almost kind of feel it as much as hear it right yeah yeah that weird that weird sound that uh mm -hmm. like you said because of the frequency your ears aren't picking it up yeah. but the rest of your body is saying this is an area we don't want to be in well it's same with um right by sackets there is we we go in this parking lot and it drives me crazy because there is a high pitch sound coming from something over there and it's always there always i think it's there. one of those transformers yes and it's, uh, and it's just this high pitch that i can't hear it <laughs> uh, my time in the service has robbed me of certain pitches yeah so yeah. i could walk across the street and i don't hear it i just told I myself i was like i could never work over there i can't <laughs> but it, it drives her drives her crazy i can't do it interesting yeah we we walk out into that parking lot and instant and i'm like i can't mm. same thing happens at home uh, a frequency will or a sound oh, will come on the television yeah. and her and my daughter will look at me and be like you can't hear that and it's just horrible i can't hear it you're lucky you wow. can't hear yeah, it. i'm telling you because dad's turning it up going well i can't hear it and they're <laughs> you know and they're going crazy <laughs> in the back yeah annoying them at, yeah. At, at everyone yeah. come in the <laughs> living room more like this <laughs> this isn't gonna stop until i see everyone in the living room <laughs> <laughs> so i guess it also kind of depends on what really irks you you know because a low frequency could bug a lot of people it doesn't bug me 
but the high pitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like, the high pitch gets you. Yeah. I remember again going back to this uh, at the last apartment building I lived at, the senior center across the street from us. Something went out, and all of a sudden there's this horrible high pitch. You could hear it through the walls, and Kira couldn't hear it. My roommate could not hear it, but I could hear it. Mm. And I called the senior center. I was like, you guys got to figure that out, man, because I cannot sleep. Like, it was that bad. And see, so. like, building off of that, there's there's something else. Maybe it depends on the person. I'm sure it does. Yeah. You know, so, like, Joe could live underneath uh, 50 windmills and be mm -hmm. like, oh, no, I'm fine. Right. Mm -hmm. But Ted is like, I'm going insane. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, that's that's really interesting. That's a good take on that. Yeah. Well, and it, it kind of reminds me of the, what is it? It's like the Teos Hum, Teos Hum, whatever in New Mexico. It's like a there's a, a town where there's a constant yeah. hum. And half of the people that visit, it like drives them insane and they leave. Oh, my gosh. And people have moved away because it, and other people are like, I can't even hear it. Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. understand what, what the problem yeah. is. And that's actually that's happened in a lot of different places but mm -hmm. that when we were talking about this i kind of brought that up to the point that it i think it does depend on the person but if it bothered you over weeks and months right. it would really bother yeah, you. yeah, yeah could, exactly literally go crazy because mm -hmm. seriously i felt like i was about to rip my hair out when that senior center had something wrong <laughs> i don't know i think it was probably one of their you know Transformers, Transformers. Yeah. just humming. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so moving on to number three, wind energy ruins your view. That is an opinion. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like putting it on this yeah, website. Maybe you really like windmills. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing. I'm like, I just think you shouldn't have this on the site because you can't say if it ruins someone's view. Yeah, or that's not. totally an objective thing. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Because I was reading it and I was like, <laughs> like, I'm all I'm all for it. If the site clean energy. says no, they're gorgeous. Yeah. Then like, you know exactly where they're coming from. And I and I'm all for clean energy. I'm not trying to knock on it or anything like that. It's just I'm like, you cannot put something that that's so opinion based on there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway. And call it like a I'm going to debunk yeah, this. Yeah. Debunk yeah. this yeah. It's not like, a myth. I don't want to stare at him. I mean, when I'm driving by him, you're I like, like oh, hey, yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. If I had to stare at him every day for the rest of my life. Yeah. I'd, I'd rather stare at a tree. The way yeah. I look at it, though, is I think, you know, I think they look kind of cool as you're driving by them. Yeah. But so does a power plant. Yeah. 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 Right. But yeah. I wouldn't want that in my backyard either. It's so, like, yeah. it's all lit up yeah. and everything yeah. looks pretty. <laughs> yeah, I think they look cool, too. I mean, the hydroelectric dams look cool. Oil refineries sure. are beautiful yeah. when they're lit up. I just don't know. I'm sorry, but they yeah. are. Yeah. They're just gorgeous. Yeah, I think I don't think they're ugly, per se, but do you want them in your backyard? Not no, really. all of those things. Yeah. yeah. A NIMBY. NIMBY. Not yeah. in my backyard. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so number four, wind turbines are dangerous and can kill you. So I will say, I don't think there's any... That seemed like a pretty... Like that was... That's one of the myths. That's the myths that they're going to debunk. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like someone's just sitting around deciding, you know, I'm just going to type in this nonsensical yeah. that stuff. That kind of sounds that's... like a straw man. Like who, who has claimed that? Right. Yeah. And right. This is the thing I'm like... I, I just don't think they've been around. Like, obviously, we've had old-style windmills and stuff like that, but wind turbines have not been around long enough to be able to definitively say if they're going to kill you or not. And I'm saying, like, cancer-wise and things right. like that. Mm -hmm. But Long-term. On, right. on here, yeah. like, 
a lot of it is talking about like even just the safety of the turbines themselves so like the blades falling off and things like that and they're like no member of the public has ever been hurt by a blade failure <laughs> and I don't, like I, don't, that. I don't hang around under that long well right but one of the one of the greatest series of videos on youtube is wind turbine failures yeah. oh, man. Yeah. oh man there's some spectacular stuff there oh, i have never yeah. seen it burst into flames yeah. oh man wow. what well, now it's, see like it's wild i've i've seen these i've seen some burn but i was doing that like in in a personal researching because like i said my brother wait well, I, I don't know how many tens of thousands that mm -hmm. he was a part of but he did this for years this is what he did and he loved doing it because you're way up there you know it's just i always worried about him getting caught up there because we have no exit plan for our workers that are up at the top there mm -hmm. and i don't know how many have died but it it's not zero i'll tell you that yeah uh, we've lost windmill workers because mm -hmm. we have no exit plan we're in a hurry to get this stuff pushed out there we're in too much of a hurry to get the american public to adapt to this when we're not thinking uh you know about safety about ecology about you know uh, uh, is this really worth all the effort all the money and at this point you know in in my personal research my personal feeling is no it's not it might seem like it's worth it to these individuals on the coasts in these big cities because that's where we're sending the power but here in the area where it's happening there are side effects to all of this mm -hmm. stuff and we're the ones who are feeling it here in the state of wyoming we've got an issue with sage grouse it uh, i can't remember if it's still on the endangered species or not but this is a bird that uh, is pretty specific to our area and these things were cutting their own heads off on the safety lines. And I know that sounds just crazy because I thought the same thing. I thought this has got to be some sort of propaganda. But it happens. And it just well, did like nobody a, see this happening. And it's like a bird running into a window. Absolutely. You know, yeah. You can't see it. And you and all there. of a sudden they're just dead. Yeah. And and so we've got to look at the long term effects on both sides. Uh, and we can't just jump into a technology because we think well this is going to help everybody yeah you got to do your research your proper long term yes and yes. and i do realize that you know some there's probably a lot of green scientists out there watching this right now and they're going man they don't know what they're talking about <laughs> well it's, it's one of these rapidly evolving topics well, as well and make that information available then yeah yeah let let us all see right, right now right. don't don't article just... I have is saying very opinion-based things. Yeah, exactly. Don't, don't just tell us everything's so great and green and, oh, there's just nothing bad about them. Why do they burst into flames? Because they're full of oil. Yeah. <laughs> and they're, so the average height of a windmill in the U.S. is about 480 feet. So safety comes into play because you're not surviving. Mm -hmm. If you're at the top of that thing and you go, okay, well, I just take my chances and jump. Base jumping, right? You need at least, and it's not even recommended, 300 feet. Mm -hmm. Wow. So even if you arm these guys with a chute, but mm -hmm. the, you need time for base, the chute to open. Yeah, right. And base jumpers are highly specialized and skilled parachutists. I mean, you don't just go, okay, Tom, you're going to the top of this thing, and if something goes wrong, you just jump and pull. It's not going to happen. Yeah. These are so, professionals. Yeah. 
And in a lot of them, there is either a ladder system. I mean, think about a, a 480 foot tall ladder. Mm -hmm. You're not getting down that quick. Or there's actual elevator systems in them. And if something goes bad, the elevator is not going to work. Nope. Yeah. You got to get stuck in an elevator. So One of my I don't know. Fears. I just I have is, a, it, is it a decent idea? Sure. Yeah. Is it worth everything that we're pouring into it? I don't think even close. I think, you know, a little perspective on some of the things like, yeah, they do brush into flames, but so do EVs yeah. and they make a lot of news yeah. when that happens. But how often does it happen? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it happens, but it's not, I wouldn't say it's a, an epidemic through the industry. How many cars are... start on fire every day in this exactly. country? Yeah. I just saw sparks flying off a car this morning with a chain attached <laughs> yeah. to him. I was like, oh gosh, <laughs> got to get away from him. Yeah. I mean, it happens. And when it happens with, with windmills, it makes news because it's spectacular and there's a political angle you can used the turbines make noise but they're not substantially different from hydroelectric turbines mm -hmm. so i mean those are drowned out by the sound of the water uh the wind is not necessarily as loud as the water is but i think for the most part like i said it's, it's something you can kind of feel as much as hear and the wind itself makes the same kind of low frequency noises um cars air conditioners all that stuff makes that low frequency noise so if there's anything specific about the frequency that these turbines run at i don't know if that actually has been shown at all i think a lot of that's just in your head mm -hmm. um but that's not to say that there's not something going on that some people can hear and others can't um uh, the the line about um them spinning until they fall apart that was a meme that went around years ago and i don't remember the author's name but he's like no that's taken out of context he's like i was talking about how crucial it is to put these things in areas where they're going to get good wind. Right. He says, the article I was writing, it actually linked to it. I can't remember the guy's name now, but he says, if you put this in a poor location, it could spin until it falls apart and it's never going to recoup its costs. Mm -hmm. If you put it in a good area for wind, it'll make up its costs in three years. I think he's what he said it was. Okay. So I think a lot of that is, you know, it depends on the context. Yeah. Um, you were talking about the birds, uh, almost 2 million birds being killed every year. And I think they're saying it's going to be close to 3 million by 2050 at the current rate of, that we're building these things. But to put that into perspective, I got some numbers here actually on that. Um, the number of birds killed by communications towers. Uh, radio towers and all that stuff. Five million per year. Wow. You're part of the problem. Yeah. <laughs> Twice as many die in towers than die in wind turbines right now. Cars kill 60 million birds every year. Wow. Yeah. You mentioned flying now, into buildings. Now you're part of the problem. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned flying into buildings, especially yeah. like office buildings, but there's a lot of glass and yeah. they don't see the glass. 100 million birds are killed every year by flying into buildings. Wow. And then the biggest killer is your domestic cat. Oh, kitty. There you go. <laughs> million, 365 million birds killed Gosh, by cats every is year. why it's so important to keep your cats inside because it really actually does affect the environment having outdoor cats. Yeah. And now, they're not all birds are the same. Like cats yeah. aren't killing owls and bald eagles. Right. And the larger birds tend to be more susceptible to the wind turbine deaths. So, I mean, there's, they're not, it's not straight across the board there. Um, power lines kill 64 million birds per year as well. Uh, but there are ways you can kind of make the wind turbines less dangerous. They found that painting just one of the blades black makes it more visible oh. to birds. And they, the studies that I saw, 70% reduction in the amount of birds killed just by painting one of the blades wow. black. The University of Wyoming has actually just finished and an, uh, uh, a study. One of their um, former students, uh, ran a an experiment where she painted the base 
well, her and her team, painted the base of the windmill a different color instead of it being white. And that attracted less bugs. Hmm. These bugs, primary food source for a lot of birds, were less attracted to various colors. That reduced the amount of birds killed by the windmill. A lot of times they're chasing the bugs that are chasing these bright white windmill bases. That's where they want to be. When we're taking surveys of an area, when I was in college for biology, to attract a bug or see what bugs are actually in your backyard, real fun experiment. Put up a white sheet, shine a light directly on that sheet, and let it get dark. Oh, bugs will be attracted yep. to that white sheet yeah. and then you can go through and figure out what bugs are in the backyard mm-hmm. it's a really fun experiment mm-hmm. to do with kids but taking that same principle mm-hmm. these bugs are attracted to the white the birds are attracted to the bugs and the birds end up getting killed mm-hmm. so even at the university of wyoming they're they're trying to figure out how to reduce this number even though like you said Birds are dying every day due to other right. things in yeah. civilization. So it's in perspective. I mean, it's yeah, in I mean, perspective. Two million yeah. is not an insignificant number, but in the grand scheme of things, you know, is it when you're weighing the trade-offs? That's it, one of the things you got to look at. Is it any worse than yeah, yeah, cars. and, and you got to look at the fact yeah. that fossil fuel power does kill birds too through climate uh, yeah. change and environmental issues. Yes. Uh, so you know, there's all these offsets, and it's a pretty complicated formula and stuff like that. So what this leaves me wondering is what are we doing for the birds <laughs> that's a lot of birds that's an incredible amount of birds but there are a lot of birds i mean and, and and like steve said you know this it's it's a huge number but there's also a lot of birds in this world <laughs> right, yeah. i mean a lot of birds in this world that uh, some more than others uh you know we want to try and protect our predators our large birds of prey uh because here in america boy we love them 